Hi, and welcome to the Healthcare Improvement Podcast, brought to you by Healthcare Improvement Scotland, an organisation that enables people to experience the best quality of health and social care. I'm Leon Armstrong. And I'm Kenny Smith. If you've ever experienced an overnight stay in hospital, you can probably relate to the feeling of wanting to be at home in your own bed, in surroundings that are familiar to you and where your support network is on hand. Well, that's just some of the benefits of the hospital at home service here in Scotland. It enables patients to receive treatments that would otherwise require them to be admitted to hospital in the comfort of their own home, with a focus mostly on elderly people. The basic idea of hospital at home has been in existence in a number of countries across the world for 25 years and was first introduced in Scotland in 2011. However, in 2020, the COVID-19 pandemic amplified the need for people to be treated away from hospital where infection could be increased. And since then, interest in this service has gone from strength to strength. In just a couple of years, Hospital at Home has increased from covering seven health and social care partnerships in 2020 to treble to 21 by the end of 2022, with funding from Scottish Government and support from Healthcare Improvement Scotland. And showing its commitment to expanding this service, the Scottish Government recently invested a further £3.6 million into Hospital at Home, which will increase the number of patients by 50% by March 2024. To learn more about Hospital at Home, how it works, the benefits and the future of the service, we will be speaking with Belinda Robertson, Associate Director of Improvement at Healthcare Improvement Scotland, and Dr Latana Munang, our organisation's National Clinical Lead for Hospital at Home. We will also be joined by Gail Black, Senior Coordinator in the Hospital at Home team in the Western Isles, who will explain how the service works in a rural setting. And we'll hear from Richard Wells Holland, a hospital at home nurse with NHS Lanarkshire, who will take us through what a typical day looks like for him. But before we hear from those involved in the creation and delivery of the service, our colleague Stephen Ferguson spoke to someone who has experienced hospital at home at first hand. 63-year-old Jerry lives in the town of Cross on the Isle of Lewis and is currently under the care of Hospital at Home. This is what he had to say about the service. Jerry, thank you for joining us today. Can I start by asking you, can you tell us about your experience of Hospital at Home? Um, I've just, I'm still under the Hospital at Home and, and they are, I found them absolutely brilliant. My personal circumstance was that I was um, kept apart from my wife for five weeks. I was in hospital on the mainland. And then on my return, unfortunately, I came back with an infection somewhere else. And within four days, I was back in Stornoway Hospital. Um, but I was sitting there and they were just treating me with pills and whatever else. After a five-week stay, I was pretty unhappy. <laughs> and then they suggested this hospital at home. And for me, it worked perfectly for myself and my wife, to be honest. It worked perfectly because I was in an environment that I knew, um, somewhere where I was looking forward to being. And then you have wonderful people come in and 
give you the treatment that you need, but it's in the comfort of your own home. It can't be beaten. Fantastic. That's really, really good to hear. And if you had to use the hospital at home service again, how would you feel about that? I, if, I'd be 150% at using them again. The level of care that you get is, it's hard to describe, but because it's one-to-one, I think that whatever you're given as drugs or whatever else work better because you're in a happy place and you can't do better than that. Thank you very much for joining us today, Jerry. Great to hear about your positive experience of hospital at home. Thank you and you're welcome. It's really reassuring to hear such positive comments about the service. So now that we've heard a first-hand experience, let's hear from the professionals who work behind the scenes to deliver the service. We'll come to you first, Belinda. Hospital at home can be provided for a variety of patient groups, but in Scotland, the focus is on providing a service for older people with frailty. Can you tell us a bit about which conditions can be managed by hospital at home? Thanks, Leona. Yeah, many patients have multiple morbidities, so they may well be elderly with a recognised frailty score, for example, but they might also be admitted to hospital at home services because of an infection or a fall. So typically the sorts of conditions relate to respiratory illness, such as COPD or pneumonia, heart failure, um, other infections and mental and behavioural disorders not related to alcohol. We know that older people are at particular risk of being affected by the hospital environment. Looking at statistics, they show that between 30 to 56% of elderly patients have experienced reduced mobility from the time they were admitted to hospital to being discharged. Can you tell us more about some of the negatives that a hospital stay might have on elderly patients in particular? Yeah, one of the main problems is that a hospital admission can commonly lead to an unnecessary loss of independence and functionality because they're in a hospital bed in an unfamiliar environment. So the hospital at home model reduces the disruption to a person's existing kind of formal and informal care and support arrangements and means that, you know, they're able with with support to, to get around their own house and to make, you know, cups of tea or coffee and, uh, use their own facilities, etc. So that's obviously much better for them. The other challenge with um, admissions, obviously, is that uh, lots of older patients, particularly those with frailty or, say, dementia, um, are more likely to suffer from a delayed discharge. And this can obviously be quite significant where there's a guardianship order required. um, And that can lead to many months with Uh, the downsides of institutionalisation and that deconditioning of being stuck in that, you know, hospital bed and obviously isolation and uh, the impact that has on their relationships with their families. So from what you've told us, Belinda, hospital at home can be less disruptive to patients, carers and families compared to a hospital stay. What are some of the other benefits of this service? Well, I, obviously I mentioned minimising isolation and loneliness there and that sort of loss of a social network um, is you know, a fundamentally important element of what hospital at home keeps in place for patients. We see that generally patients can achieve improved outcomes by being surrounded by things that are familiar and obviously, as I say, where they have a care package or whatever, uh, that can remain in place. What matters to them, such as the independence of living in a home environment where everything is familiar, and they can see 
not just sort of families and friends, but but their pets. And quite often that's a very, very worrying, concerning thing for a person having to go into hospital, what's going to happen to their pet. Obviously, these services can also reduce pressure on the front door of the hospital and can support effective discharge back to care at home once a patient has had an initial hospital admission and assessment. It's really interesting to hear the different ways that patients can benefit from hospital at home. But some of our listeners might be wondering to what extent patients can receive the same level of care at home as they would in hospital. Can you explain a bit more about that? Yeah, so hospital at home really covers short, time-limited, acute episodes of care. So it's not intended to prevent access to sort of specialist acute care, but it's for those instances where, as I said earlier, perhaps somebody's had a fall or they've got an infection or they've had a deterioration in a condition. Uh, Patients are treated as though they're admitted to hospital, but obviously it's all managed within their own home. So they receive urgent access to hospital level diagnostics such as endoscopy or radiology or uh, cardiology or, or whatever is necessary. And it can provide a different level of intervention. So they can receive intravenous fluids and oxygen as well as intravenous medications. So care is delivered by this broader multidisciplinary team of healthcare professionals, but they're absolutely complying with the current acute standards of care. Some hospital at home services have been in existence longer than others. I think NHS Lanarkshire, for instance, has been delivering hospital at home for 12 years compared to Argyll and Butte, which has only recently been set up. For some of the more established hospital at home services, how are they expanding and what can they offer to patients? So a number of those services are beginning to look at different specialities. And again, uh, as I said, patients could be admitted for a number of reasons. So they already do look at other specialities, but there are newer areas such as, for example, uh, paediatrics, where there haven't traditionally been hospital at home services. And this is something that, you know, they can begin to look at as well as expansion of respiratory services and cardiology. Uh, they're using improvement methods supported by us at Healthcare Improvement Scotland to kind of better understand their flow and also to optimise the capacity that they have to um, achieve the best outcomes for uh, their patients. So there's lots of opportunities for them to look at practice and to think about innovation and develop their services um, as they become more established. There's been a very important role in hospital at home for pharmacy around admissions, for example, and that has grown steadily with these services as they've become more established and now new services automatically have that pharmacy built in. Lots of uh, admissions into hospital are as a result of medication errors, so that pharmacy input's really, really important. So there are also opportunities uh, to work more closely with services such as OPAT, which provide IV antibiotics, and community respiratory teams, which are already working in the community, but would have the facility to develop further services for patients who would have uh, previously perhaps required an inpatient admission. They can now use that hospital at home element. Obviously, digital developments are also very, very important and provide lots of further possibilities for home monitorings, things like wearable devices and point of care testing. So even for those established hospital at home services, there's lots of opportunities for them to to look at how they can expand and develop their existing offer to patients within their communities. Thanks, Belinda. Now that we've got a better understanding of what Hospital at Home is and what it does, we're going to find out what it's like for clinicians delivering the care and establishing the Hospital at Home services. Over to you, Kenny.
Thanks, Leona. I'm delighted to welcome Latana Munang, our clinical lead for Hospital at Home. Latana, thanks for joining us. And you've been involved with Hospital at Home for 10 years now and were instrumental in setting it up in West Lothian. Can you tell us what was the initial driver for setting up Hospital at Home? Hi, Kenny. Thanks very much for having me. As you say, my journey in Hospital at Home started over 10 years ago. I was a couple of years into my consultant post at St John's Hospital. It's a district general hospital. I do acute medical receiving as well as medicine of the elderly. And we all know that the frail elderly are at the highest risk of bad things that happen to people in hospital. So if you're older and frailer, you are at a much higher risk of developing acute confusion or delirium because you're out of your usual routine, your usual surroundings. You're at high risk of falls because you haven't got your own glasses or your walking stick and you don't know which way the loo is. And you're much more at, uh, you're at high risk of developing hospital acquired infections because of cannulas and catheters and being surrounded by other ill patients. You're much more likely to become immobile because you're stuck in a hospital bed for long periods of time. And you're at high risk of institutionalization because your day-to-day -day activities are taken over by a very well-meaning nurse or care support worker. So when the government offered some funding through the Change Fund to try and improve outcomes for older people, my colleagues and I thought it would be a good idea to try delivering some of this acute care in the patient's own home. We had heard about this thing called Hospital at Home over in Lanarkshire, which happens to be right next door to West Lothian. So my colleagues and I just popped over one day and followed the team around and came back totally buzzing, totally inspired. And we just pretty much copied the model and um, set up a service in West Lothian. So we had an existing intermediate care team made up of a team of physios and occupational therapists. We were joined by three nurses who had plenty of community experience, but very little acute experience. But we helped them through their advanced clinical decision making and advanced practice modules, as well as their prescribing modules over the years. And together we learned and we grew year after year. So from around 30 patients a month in the early days, our team now sees around 120 new patients every month. And so that's how where we got to where we are today. Thanks for that, Latana. That was a really helpful explanation. So you were born in Malaysia and you've been quite open about the fact that family structure in Asian communities is very strong. So when your granny became ill, she moved in with you and your family to be cared for. And that was the norm. So is this where your passion for hospital at home comes from? Well, Kenny, we were very fortunate to be able to do so, but every person is unique, every family is different, but we're all human beings and we all have common values. We all need to feel safe, especially when we're at our most vulnerable at times of illness, at times of crises. And often we feel the safest place for us is at home, surrounded by our family. And so if it's possible to offer acute assessment, diagnostics and interventions within a person's own home, then really we should do so, shouldn't we? But only if that's what the patient and their families want. Hospital at home is a safe, effective model of care. And we know this from existing evidence base, which is ever growing. 
And our feedback has always been very positive, but it's not for everyone. There are some situations in which people need to be admitted to the acute hospital for the treatment that they need. There are some people who might prefer treatment in hospital rather than at home. And there are some people who might be treated at home, but don't have the care in place to allow them to remain safely at home. So each decision needs to be centered on what is best for that particular individual in the particular set of circumstances they're in, respecting their autonomy, respecting their choices. And situations can change very quickly. And often there are no right or wrong answers, just what is right for a person at that time. And sticking with the topic of family, do you need to have a support network in place where family can take on more of a carer's role to be suitable or even eligible for hospital at home? So many of our patients live alone with no family or package of care in place. It just really depends on how unwell a person is and how much support they'll need to get through the illness. And of course, if the illness is reversible or not, our first assessment is always, is this person safe to be managed at home? And it boils down to the basics of, can they get to and from the loo safely? Can they get in and out of bed safely? Can they get to food and drinks and their medications? Or do they have somebody to help them with that? Are they able to summon help if they really need to? In my team, we are fortunate to work closely with our physiotherapists and occupational therapists who can go out and provide assessments and intervention um, in the same day. And we also have access to equipment so we can bring out a walking aid or a bedside commode the same day. And this makes staying at home whilst unwell more possible for some people. That's good to know. And I can imagine that the concept of receiving hospital care at home might seem quite alien to some people, particularly those who work in the profession and have done so for a long time. Has there been any resistance to rolling out hospital at home? And if so, how has it been overcome? So there has been some scepticism, especially in the early days when there wasn't such a strong evidence base, especially with regards to, to safety. But this has now been addressed and the evidence shows that there is no increase in mortality compared to conventional inpatient care. And there's lingering concern about how hospital at home is different from primary care. Some people are concerned that investment into hospital at home services might mean disinvestment or less investment into other community services. In my experience, the best approach is to be open and work collaboratively. We're all working towards a common goal. We all want the best care for our patient and the best journey for them and their families. We are lucky where I work, we're a closely knit community. So I have frequent cups of tea with the respiratory team, the heart failure team, the palliative care team. I'm in close contact with our GPs, our district nurses. Many of my geriatrician colleagues and I work both in hospital at home as well as at the acute front door and on the inpatient wards. So we all have insight um, at both ends. And this makes talking to colleagues across the acute site and in the community a lot easier. Um, we've got a very open culture. We welcome anyone to come and spend a morning or a day with the team to learn more about what we do and what we can offer our patients from colleagues in A&E to undergraduate students. 
And I think the more people know and the more people understand, the more hospital at home is accepted as a core NHS service. And feedback is really, really important, isn't it? When people have a really positive experience of referring to a hospital at home team, they're more likely to refer again. And it's the same with patients and families. And often there are biggest and loudest advocates. And some people specifically ask to be referred to hospital at home the next time they fall unwell. That's really reassuring to hear. So thank you for that. I have one last question for you, Latana. We recently published a progress report which showed a 68% increase in patients managed by hospital at home services between April and November 2022, compared to the same period in the previous year. That's an impressive increase. What are the reasons for such a substantial rise in the service in what seems like a relatively short period of time? It's amazing, isn't it? I guess there are several factors. Um, as we discussed earlier, there's now a very strong evidence base to support hospital at home as a safe and effective model of clinical care. Um, a multi-centre randomised controlled trial based in our country has shown this. And with the rising elderly population, high disease burden, um, these people are high users of the NHS, it makes sense to deliver acute care at home where this is appropriate. And hospital at home now isn't just a novelty idea or an exploratory test of change anymore. As clinicians, we're all trained to assess the evidence base to inform our best practice, be it for a new drug or a new surgical technique, or in this case, a new model of care. So the evidence is there. Um, and so there's now a lot less persuading to be done compared to where we were 10 years ago. There's also been huge support from Scottish government in terms of commitment to deliver acute care out with the hospital walls, backed by significant funding to enable various teams to get off the ground. We're now seeing hospital at home in remote and rural areas, the Western Isles, the Highlands, the borders, and each hospital at home team is bespoke to the population it serves and built to suit the local geography and the local context and to complement the existing services already there. And it's not easy creating a new service, but we're lucky that we get excellent support from Healthcare Improvement Scotland. And there's lots of useful tools to help teams such as the Hospital at Home Guiding Principles document, and just a few weeks ago, the Knowledge and Skills Framework for Hospital at Home Nurses and Allied Health Professionals published in conjunction with NHS Education Scotland. So there's a lot more tools for, for people to tap into these days. And we've also got a very strong, dynamic hospital at home community with teams up and down the country who are all super supportive and really, really generous with sharing their experience, all their learning, all their resources. And all this makes developing a new team so much easier compared to starting from scratch. And the support also extends to existing teams with a quality improvement approach. Healthcare Improvement Scotland help teams look at their data, look at their pathways, look at their clinical model, and help teams grow and expand. And all this means more people are able to receive acute care in their own home. And I very much look forward to seeing this continue to grow over the coming years. 
that's been amazing to hear just how it's grown across the whole country. So thank you for joining us, Latana, and sharing your personal experience too. So it's back to you, Leona, to introduce our next guest. Thanks, Kenny. We're now joined by Gail Black, who's a senior coordinator in the hospital at home team in the Western Isles. Hi, Gail. It's great to have you with us. We're going to be chatting about how hospital at home can also work in rural settings and what barriers have had to be overcome to make this happen. But first, could you start off by explaining what your role is within the hospital at home team? You're in a non-clinical role. What does that mean? Hi, Leona. So, yeah, I'm the senior coordinator for hospital at home in the Western Isles, and it's a very non-clinical role. We established the service in 2020 and quickly realised that there was a lot of non-clinical coordination that could be done. Obviously, we're a new and developing team, so there's um, constant challenges with pathways and protocols and uh, implementing a new service into the Western Isles and all the challenges that came with that. It sounds like you've got a really varied and interesting role, Gail. The NHS Western Isles is one of the more remote NHS boards in Scotland with one of the highest percentages of people in the over 65 and over 85 age brackets. What were some of the initial challenges in setting up hospital at home in such a rural area? The setup of hospital at home was we came and developed the service within COVID. So we had the, the luxury of not having a huge COVID hit at the beginning because we were so remote and we were cut off from the central belt. We had a time was on our side and services were, were shut down. Um, but obviously health and people's um, welfare was a huge concern at the time. And we sat back and assessed carefully what the needs were of our population. And we worked within the teams in the hospital and in the community, trying to develop the hospital at home concept. Um, it, obviously, it was very new to people. It was a different way of working, treating people at home as opposed to in the standard hospital ward. But of course, the COVID expectation that there was out there of the hospitals being full and you know, not having enough people to care for them obviously was a concern, especially in such a remote and rural community. We were assisted in some way by that, by getting the, the care. Um, obviously, the rural area is a challenge and there's... Um, we're based in Stornoway in the main island of Lewis, which is the adjoining island of Harris. So a drive from the hospital could be two hours in either direction just to care for one patient. So obviously that's a challenge. Weather comes into it and the fact that we were such a small team, we set up with one band five nurse and one coordinator. And we've just expanded fairly slowly over the last three years into the team that we are now. But there's, we know there's a lot more that we can do. And in what ways has your team had to adapt the hostel at home service to make it work in a rural setting compared to an urban one? We're very different to your standard hospital at home service. The ask came out in early 2020 of establishing hospital at home and we had a huge will to do that. But when we sat back and we looked at the patients that were in the hospital that we could potentially get out under hospital at home, we realised that there was a lot more than the standard hospital at home cohort of patients, though, you know, frail elderly over 65. Despite having that huge age bracket on our population, we found there was a lot more patients that were younger than this that we could help. So we tailored our service more to meet the needs of our, our population. And we've grown on that and developed it over, over the last three years. 
and we've had to adapt the roles of the nurses and the roles of the teams into encompass you know more virtual capacity it's not just hospital at home there's other virtual services that we can offer to patients at home stopping the need to travel into the hospital there's lots of things that we take in because while we're saying we're traveling two hours in one direction to a patient if we can treat the patient at home and stop them from traveling two hours into the hospital for something we can deliver we we've tried to make that work for them from what you've just said Gail you've proved that hospital at home can work in rural settings which is really positive what are your hopes for the future in terms of how hospital at home can grow and improve So we know there's still loads that we can do. There's loads of patients out there that we're not capturing at the moment. We're constantly working to develop the the service and develop the team and improve the skill set of the team and see how we can capture more patients directly into the service without hitting the front door. We're we're continually working on areas where we know that there's more that we can work on. Um, There's also the other island chains of Uist and Barra that are under NHS Western Isles, but they are two separate islands. They're either a ferry journey or a plane journey away from the hospital, from the consultants. So we're looking to expand into what we can do to offer hospital home in, in these areas. And we know there's a lot of work. Um, there's going to be a lot of, of change of working, a lot of cultural change, perhaps, and in, in terms of the, the standard nursing in hospital care. But we hope it will enable these patients to be cared for um, closer to home and near their families as well. If these if these patients are in hospital two islands away, it, it's a huge upheaval, not only on themselves, but on the, the whole family. So there's loads we can work in and loads of other areas we, we can develop in and, and continue to grow, hopefully. That sounds really positive, Gail. Thanks so much and best of luck for the future. Now that we know more about Hospital at Home, what it does, who it serves, and some of the challenges that have had to be overcome to get the service to where it is today, we're going to hear from Richard Wells-Holland, a Hospital at Home nurse in NHS Lanarkshire. He's going to share with us what a typical day looks like for him. As a Hospital Home nurse, I am part of the Emergency Community Service, which is managed by the Health and Social Care Partnership in North Lanarkshire based in the University Hospital Monklands. To support Healthcare Improvement Scotland's work to develop more hospital and home services across Scotland, let me explain what a typical day for me is like. Starting a shift at 8am means that I am the first nurse on duty. I am responsible for organising the daily workload for my colleagues coming in later. Today, we have 23 patients currently under our caseload and we have three new referrals, two from the care of the elderly wards and one from A&E. So 26 in total at the start of the day, and that's before we've taken any emergency referrals from a GP. I soon get a call from a GP who is wanting an elderly lady reviewed. She lives in a residential living complex and is feeling unwell. She has reduced consciousness and is suspected of having a urinary tract infection. When I arrived, the patient was fluctuating in and out of consciousness and had all the symptoms of sepsis. Sepsis can often be treated at home. After contacting the consultant on call, it was advised for an ambulance to be called. The paramedics arrived and she was taken to hospital for further examination. Despite us being a hospital at home service, not every patient can be managed at home 
and sometimes hospital admission is required. Another emergency call arrived on my way back to the hospital. This was to go and see an elderly man 18 miles away. The gentleman had been found wandering in the streets and was becoming more and more confused. His family were all very concerned. He was very polite in his manner, but kept referring to me as a school teacher and saying he had to get to school. Delirium and the manifestations were discussed with the family. I explained that admission to hospital may make the delirium worse and trying to keep the dad in a familiar environment with our support as a team would be the best option. The family agreed to keep him at home and take one day at a time. It's midday and after having some lunch in my car, I headed back to the office as there were no other emergency calls. I then took a call about a 91 year old lady who had had a fall. Before leaving the office, I accessed the patient's medical records for any additional information. She lived alone and there was a key save in place and the entry code was in her medical records. I managed to gain entry into her house and found her lying in a strange angle in the bedroom. She explained that she had had a fall in her bathroom early in the morning and was unable to get up. She banged her left hip off the toilet pan, which was likely to be a fracture. So we had to get her to hospital for an x-ray as quickly as possible. Hospital at home has access to priority x-rays, just as you would expect for an inpatient. So I knew that we'd be able to get her condition confirmed as quickly as possible. Late afternoon, I was given another call to attend an elderly gentleman suffering from increased shortness of breath and coughing up green sputum. The gentleman explained that he felt extremely short of breath even at times of rest. He also complained that he couldn't stop coughing. After examination, I explained that he would be started on a course of antibiotics and that we would arrange for him to go to hospital in a few days time to have a chest x-ray, which he could attend before coming home back again afterwards. At 5pm, I headed back to the office, which was busy as everyone was trying to get their documentation done and get the results back from the laboratories for their patients' records, such as blood results, etc. As an emergency service, we get our blood results back the same day, avoiding any delay in treatment for the patients being kept at home. It's 5.45 and after discussing my patients in full with the consultant on duty and putting plans in place for the next day, it was nearing the end of my shift. As my route home was passing my last patient, I volunteered to deliver the antibiotics that he had been prescribed for him on my way home. That way he could get his first dose that night and I would also be given a chance to check up on him and see how he was getting on and be reassured that he was coping. Though no two days are ever the same, this was pretty much a typical day. It's varied, full of communication with a wide range of people and it's satisfying to help patients stay in their familiar surroundings but get the essential treatment they need. That was Richard Wells Holland, a hospital at home nurse in NHS Lanarkshire, sharing what a typical day in the life of a hospital at home nurse looks like. That's all we have time for today. Thanks for listening to this month's episode covering hospital at home. Join us next month where we'll be looking at another aspect of quality improvement in health and care in Scotland. And if you'd like to keep up with our work in the meantime, or to get in touch with us, you can find us on X, previously known as Twitter, LinkedIn, and on Facebook. We look forward to welcoming you back in a month's time. Goodbye.